Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Amig, your friendly rheumatologist from Onabridge MD. So I had this the, the pleasure and the honor of being a guest on Chef AJ YouTube Live uh, very recently. And it was a really awesome interview. It lasted more than an hour. And so there was so many um, good pieces of information. I talked a little bit about my own health journey. Uh, and then we talked about optimal nutrition in patients with inflammatory arthritis. And then ultimately, we also uh, did a lot of uh, Q&A and uh, I answered some questions from the audience. And I thought it was such an interesting uh, such an interesting interview that we would um, use this and put it uh, for our On Average MD podcast. So we're going to do three episodes uh, with it. You can also watch the whole thing on YouTube if you just look at Dr. Amig, A-M-I-G-U-E-S, Chef AJ, you will uh, you will see that interview. And otherwise, you can just uh, listen here and watch here. And you should absolutely check Chef AJ online. So she has this YouTube video that has over 200,000 followers. Uh, she is uh, vegan, oil-free, salt-free, sugar-free. Um, and she brings on her show many interesting people and uh and uh it's it was really cool to be uh interviewed there so i hope you enjoy it and again this is going to be a three-part series and um and uh, enjoy take care bye-bye there is a question about show uh, show sugar sugar yeah so uh, the person is saying that they eat let's see i just saw it uh besides being plant-based uh Betsy says, how would you treat it? I eat mainly vegetables, 80% raw, and I'm very active. Maybe you can talk about what Sjogren's is, because I'm not sure everybody has. Yeah. Well, Sjogren's an autoimmune disorder. It comes actually from the north of uh, Europe. So Sjogren is uh, the name of a Swedish uh, doctor that gave his name to uh, this condition. And so what it does is that it um, basically causes, at first probably, we think, inflammation of... Um, uh, the salivary gland, the lacrimal gland, uh, and then after a while, it gets it gets um, uh, fibrotic, so scarring, and so then you don't tear as much as you should. You you have very dry mouth, you have very dry eyes, you have very dry vagina, and then you can also develop neurological issues. You can develop pain all over your body, joint pain, uh, as well as lung disease. So that's like, those are like the next one. And you can also have like vasculitis, so inflammation of the vessel. And then ultimately, because it's a B cell issue, if it's a very severe chagrin and if it's untreated and it's, you know, very active, you can actually develop all the way to lymphoma. So it can be very minimal to very severe, basically. Um, and um, there is not a ton of treatment for very minimal manifestation of chagrin, uh, and not much have been has been proven. But I would say that if you have joint pain, then we recommend hydroxychloroquine, which is not immunosuppressive. And the way that drug uh, works is that it kind of reestablishes the balance in your immune system. Um, and we usually offer like supportive treatment with you know if you have dry eyes, we offer. Uh, um, like either to like do some plugging of your tears to keep them of the tear duct to keep the tears um stimulate the saliva and uh and then if you have actually other symptoms that are more severe 
then we actually use biologics for that. And we have like some that we like better than others. Uh, but it's really more depending on the patient, actually, really. Uh, I would say that I do think that in patients with children, probably more than anyone else, the ones that have a non-severe form from a medicine standpoint, honestly, the problem with when I say non-severe is that the quality of life can be really affected. Uh, and so it can really suck. Like really, like we have patients who really don't have a really cool quality of life because they have children. Um, and so, yeah, that's actually... I would say that for those patients, really, I think that the whole food plant-based diet that you're talking about, absolutely doing that, exercising on a regular basis, absolutely doing this, meditation, visualization, like all of those things. Because it's not one or the other, it's uh, a, like together. And talking about that, there are some studies super well done that show that the combination of different factors is really what helps the most. So, for example, like you could say, oh, I'm going to quit smoking or do a plant based diet or exercise. But really what's like it's not if you do one plus one plus one, it, it's not equals three, but it's like equals nine because it's like symbiotic, symbiotic, it's synergistic. Yeah. Do I you hope have, I helped. Yeah, thank you. Do you have to get like regular scans or checkups now or how often? For me? Yeah. Like, do you have? Oh, yeah. Or how I'm, often I'm checked. I'm a very expensive patient for my insurance. <laughs> so I'm worth it because I think every single patient is worth it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I do a PET scan every six months or a CT scan. Depending. I prefer PET scan because it's just one time. Um, so one PET scan every six months and I do MRI of my breast because PET scan can look at everything. The problem is that it's not very good for the breast. And so then I do one MRI per year and one mammogram, mammography per year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did, yeah. It's did, really did, not a big deal. I can imagine that worrying is not good. Yeah. This. So how, do you, you know, I hear about this thing called scanxiety where people that have oh. it like that. So do you, how do you... Like not worry between scans. Oh, between scan, I don't worry. I worry the one week before the scan. Nice. And I try to, yeah, I try to do that. I try to, so I try to tell myself what I tell my patient. So I try to be, so it's really funny. The reassuring voice in my head is the physician voice. And so this is what I tell myself. And this is what I tell my patient, right? I'm like, okay, look, those scans are for your doctors. They are not for you. The job that you have as a patient is to show up for the scans, to do them, and to live your life to the fullest otherwise. Your doctor, if he's, if they see something, that's their job to do what needs to be done next. And so I tell this to myself, and when I'm freaked out, I'm like, okay, I write in my journal, I'm like, it's normal to be freaked out. Of course, you're freaked out. And it's so scary. And of course, you don't want to go through this again. And of course, and you're doing everything that uh, you can to make sure that this doesn't happen. But like, I, I really scan myself and I'm like, hold on, I've done everything that I could do. Yes, my diet could be better. No question. Like I like chocolate. And it's sometimes not just 85% chocolate. But Overall, I'm doing everything that I need to do. I take my medicine. I do everything that I need to do. And so at the end of the day, I'm doing everything that I need to do. And my doctor needs to do what they need to do too. And so that's, I cannot leave it uh, to them. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's the other thing. Like, I like I think that going to the worst case scenario for me is very reassuring because I'm like, okay, all right, Isabel, if they were to find something, what would they do? Okay, fine. They change treatment. We'll, to, we'll take another treatment. Bam, that's it. And it's very funny. My physician brain is like, yeah, of course, duh, you know. My patient's brain is like, ah, I don't want that. <laughs> um, but that's what I do with my patients when they have rheumatoid arthritis, for example. You take, like, the goal is remission. So, poo, 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 we get you to remission. You lose the efficacy. The medication loses the efficacy. We have other treatments. We switch. You know. Nice. There's a question about a swollen finger. I just saw it from... One of oh, the swollen viewers. finger. They have a swollen yeah, finger. Okay. Finger. Hold on. Where did it go? Um, that sounds like dactylitis. Is it just, is it the whole <laughs> finger? Let me find it because the chat here, here it is from Annette. I have inflammation swelling in my middle finger. I can't bend it all the way with the, and the pain radiates down my palm. I'm scared. It's the start of arthritis. What can I do? It's been over two months. Oh, wow. Okay. That's been a while. Uh, so is it worse? I mean, yeah. Sorry, like suddenly I'm like, oh, I want to I want to be a doctor right now. Uh, so <laughs> I would say that there is like so once you have this and if it's a full swollen fingers, absolutely, it can be the beginning of arthritis. But if it is inflammatory arthritis, we've got you. We have amazing treatments. So that would actually be a good thing. And so what I would recommend is to go and see uh, your primary care physician and see if you need to be referred to a rheumatologist. When it's a full, so let's say it's the full finger that's swollen, that's called dactylitis. That's called sausage finger. That's usually more associated with psoriatic arthritis. So if you have psoriasis, or if you have ever had psoriasis, or if in your family you have had psoriasis, I would say that that's something that you want to, you definitely want to see a rheumatologist because again, we have amazing treatments. <laughs> Thank you. And then there's a toe question. Um, I have possible occasional arthritis in only one big toe. Oh, interesting. Um, well, so that can be a lot. So if it's the big toe, it can be osteoarthritis, which is wear and tear. That's what's going to cause the bunion. Uh, and that to that, we cannot really do much in surgery really to get rid of it. But otherwise, and if it's not that painful, I wouldn't. Um it can be gout or pseudogout. Uh, so it depends. If it's super painful, then it's probably gout or pseudogout. If it's just painful, nagging pain, but not super painful, then it's probably just osteoarthritis. Yeah. Interesting. And Marianne says, what are your thoughts on a vegan alkaline diet to combat inflammation? You know, I... so. So the problem with vegan, when you just say vegan diet or vegan alkaline, so first of all, alkaline, I do not know. Again, I will come back. I'll, I'm going back to try it and see if that makes you feel better. However, this is the one thing that I would say. Vegan can be super unhealthy because I could literally eat chips all day and I could literally eat bread and processed bread and, you know, and chips and pasta and rice. And that will be considered vegan. And that's probably the worst diet. Um, so when you're thinking, okay, I'm going to get a vegan diet, make sure that it's a whole food plant-based because yeah. you want to have veggies and you want to have fruits. And uh, 
um, yeah, veggies are good and legumes and all this. So yeah. are, are there, I, I don't, are there certain foods that are really like beneficial for people that have cancer? I mean, I, I've taken Chris works, uh, I've read his book. He he's a cancer survivor and he just, you know, obviously greens, even juicing, did anything like that, that you find valuable. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to first talk about rheumatology because that's really what I know the most. I would say like in general, um, omega-3 has proven that it actually works. So you can either either eat fish here and there or uh, eat, uh, like just take some omega-3 and then veggies and uh, low glycemic index fruits. That's like super healthy. Like that's super, super good. Um, in cancer, what did I read? I think in cancer, basically what I had read was that basically you want to avoid processed meat. And so um, the, uh, you know, the the green smoothies and all this, like it's full of super antioxidant food. So that's super good. Turmeric is also something that's super good in rheumatologic condition. You want to add turmeric to your food. So yeah, a lot of veggies, a lot of greens, um, lots of grains. That's super good for uh, inflammation. Uh, Susan says, how long have you been in remission? Uh, since, uh, well, so my last PET scan, like the PET scan after the chemo in July of 2019 was normal. So I considered that to be a remission, but really when they removed the breast and there was this little, little cancer, which I honestly think I'm going to, I want to think is scarring. That was in November of 2019. So technically really 2019. So basically I got diagnosed in 2019 and I've been in remission since. So that's wonderful. Yeah. Randy says, I'm very stiff. I'm 67 and whole food and totally plant-based. Yeah. Um, so stiffness can come from so many different, uh, rheumatologic condition. Uh, if you are stiff more than 30 minutes in the morning, then I highly recommend you see a rheumatologist. If it is 30 minutes or less, and if it's every time that you're moving from, uh, you know, something, and then you're like, Ooh, uh, then that's probably osteoarthritis. And here's the thing. We can do as, you know, you're doing like maybe, maybe this is what you have to think. Maybe if you were not whole food plant-based and active, you would be much worse. So I would absolutely continue to do that, uh, to be a whole food plant-based. And then at the same time, try to see if what you have maybe is an inflammatory arthritis. Because the truth is that, yeah, you know, like this diet, it's wonderful. Nutrition choice is super important. But if, like me, you have BRCA, you also have more risk of developing breast cancer. Uh, and so if, like, uh, maybe your mom had osteoarthritis, you have more chance of developing osteoarthritis. Maybe it just is going to be less severe and uh, appear further uh, down the road than if you were not doing this diet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um there's a question. How do you get all the amino acids and nutrients in plants? Well, you eat them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't, uh, I think Chef Eiji actually knows more than me on this one. <laughs> I 
I mean, I mean, I don't believe there's anything that you can't get from a plant that you can get. I mean, I've always been, I mean, I took the, you know, the plant-based nutrition course at Cornell. And one of the things they said is there's nothing that you can get from animals that you can't get indeed is good in a better or more utilizable form with the exception of vitamin B12. And that's not because it's in meat. It's because of the soil being so depleted that, that that's why people are, are lacking in B12. And it's not just people that are plant-based that often have B12 deficiencies. So, yeah, nice. So, you know, like you, you, you had mentioned that person said cancer is a gift, but it's not a gift that a lot of people probably want to get. So how, how important do you think your attitude was in your recovery? Oh, Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know that uh, I can answer this question because um, I think intuition plays a huge part. And my intuition was telling me that it was going to be okay. My intuition was telling me that I had the gift of choice. I could choose to live or to go. That was my intuition. And so I don't know that everyone has the same intuition. And so it's easier to say, oh, my attitude really helped me. Uh, and that's why, you know, but I think that it's a combination of being surrounded by a lot of loving people, uh, my friends from France, my family, my people here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I really felt like super, super loved. And my, like the the plant-based diet that I did, the exercise that I did, the meditation, the visualization, all of this absolutely helped. I think that I can never prove that it has helped my recovery. What I can what I can say for sure is that it helped me go all the way to the full treatment, which I probably would have, well, I don't know if I would have given up, but it was hard. It was really hard. Toward the end, you're just like, oh, I can't. It's like a marathon. Um, and so, and I was like meditating every morning and I was just like, no, of course I'm doing this. It's fine. It's for me. I know it's, it's good. Uh, so, I don't think that, like, I think it definitely played a role, but it's um, it's important to realize that it's an empowerment to the patient. And that's why it's so valuable is that it's like, you know, you go to the doctor to see you for, you know, not so long. And I, and I did love my, I did, you know, I love my, my oncologist, but they are busy and they are insurance based. I'm not anymore, but you know, like they're busy. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like in between the three months, who do you see? Just you and the coaches that I had hired. Cause I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to leave. So I'm going to hire, I had like a full budget. I was like, I'm, I'm not putting any money for my 401k. I don't know if I'm here. So this money is going to go for me. <laughs> and I did no regret. Zero. There's a question from Amy. Did you do any juicing during your cancer healing time? I did not. I did not. So one of the reasons I did not was that um, the 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 fibers that are in the food for me are important. And so, for example, like what's the difference between a white potato and a sweet potato is the fibers. There's a lot more fibers in the sweet potato. And so I think that the sweet potato, because it has all these fibers, that's really good. If you start doing juicing for me, I just felt like it was just going to be sugar. And actually, when you look at all the all the juices that are out there, there's so much sugar. It's ridiculous. It's like I thought like I started like doing this green juice and it was like that much. And I looked at the sugar, it was 16 gram. And I was like, no, I'm not eating 16 gram of sugar. No ways. Uh, so I didn't do uh, juices. But again, remember, 
whatever makes you feel good. And when you do it, you're like, I, this makes sense for me. The reason the juicing didn't make sense for me was that I want the, that, like, I want the fibers and also I don't want the additional sugar because cancer, I don't want sugar. Yeah. Even like a green juice. Cause when I, when I, I don't have juice often, but I, if I had a juicer, I might, I, I always do mostly green. Yeah. The only thing is that I didn't know how to do them myself. So I would buy them online. Like uh, I would buy them, you know, at Whole Food and all this. And they always had added sugar. They always had 16 gram, if not 18 gram of sugar. And I was like, I'm not putting 18 gram of sugar in my body yeah. at that moment. I, like, I don't know. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Cheryl uh-huh. would like to know if inflammatory diseases are on the rise and what would you consider is the biggest contributing cause? Absolutely. It's on the rise. There's no question. It's, it's, um, it's actually proven there's more and more cancer. They can't really explain, uh, they, they like, and it's younger also, right? Like, so younger people, um, I think that the diet, I think that, uh, we are just reaping the effect of a poor diet. I mean, uh, like we are doing whole food plant-based only for how long now? It's probably been 10 years. Like, and, and the first, the first people who were like talking about it were looked at with big eyes from the communities, uh, probably 10 years. And really it's starting to be mainstream in the last, what, five years. So now it's going to be good. Now we're going to see it getting better. But remember, it's like smoking. Everyone was smoking. Then everyone, like, then later on, people start developing cancer. And then, you know, it's only now that people are not smoking that we're going to see a ripple effect. So I think that that's the same thing. I do think that the diet is a huge, huge component of the inflammatory uh, inflammatory uh, conditions. Um, and then, you know, uh, infections such as COVID, we know can cause inflammatory uh, conditions. Uh, it can develop, you can also develop diabetes uh, after. So there is like, you know, for sure, COVID is also a big one. So if people want to see you in person, or uh, where would they go? And do you have any social media presence if people yeah, want to follow I you? I do. Thank you so much for asking. So I uh, created the first direct care or concierge rheumatology practice in Denver, Colorado. So I, I have the first one in Colorado because after being a patient, I realized that we are mistreating our patients in the insurance-based model. And I didn't want to mistreat my patients after being a patient myself. I was like, they need, they deserve better. And so, yeah, I have a practice called Unabridged MD. And the reason I called it like that was that I want to be non-edited for my patients so that they see the full version of me. I don't hide. I say exactly who I am, what I do. And also, I didn't want to see the edited version of them in the sense of I'm only going to treat this part of you. I'm going to treat the whole part of you. Uh, so it's called Unabridged MD. I have a podcast called Unabridged MD. And I also have a YouTube channel where it's Rheumatology 101. So anyone that has a rheumatology condition can look at this. It's much more rheumatologic, whereas the Unabridged MD podcast is more Kind of what Dr. Chef AJ does, like I just talk to people and I just, I just like, it's just kind of like health. What does health means? And then I have a blog uh, and like social media on uh, YouTube, uh, uh, sorry, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and I think it's also on TikTok and, uh, and the usual Twitter or X on average MD. Yeah. And then, yeah, I see new patients. I love seeing patients. It's my pleasure in life. Uh, and so I'm currently accepting new patients. And so you can um, 
even up on a discovery card if you're interested. I have licenses uh, in Colorado, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, so I can see anyone there. If you have a, uh, if you live somewhere else, I would highly recommend you come and uh, check Denver out because it's an awesome city and we have the mountain next door. <laughs> and then we can always follow up after that. Um, nice. Phone and all. Do, do you cook French food? <laughs> I do. I do. I love food. I really oh do. Oh my God. I'm, it's yeah. just, it's, it's amazing. Is it, is it hard to get your children to eat healthy? My son, it's really funny. He will read. So they are both, they're twins. They are eight years old now. Uh, my son reads everything since he's six years old. So I, I joke, I, I, I do funny things. I will be like, uh, leaving a book here, leaving a book there, like, you know, how to be polite, how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> and then there's the uh, diet there. It's a Chris Carr. What's our, uh, the crazy sexy diet. I actually have never really read the whole thing. I just thought it was a cool book. Uh, and my son read it because it was in the car and he's reading all of this book, but you know what he eats? Pasta, rice, burger. I mean, I don't feed him burger, uh, but pasta, rice, and that's all he eats. And actually, surprisingly, broccoli. So I, I try to feed him a lot of broccoli, broccoli, but that's all he eats. And bacon, he loves bacon. And he's so tiny at one point, like his pediatrician is like, just feed him whatever he wants. I'm like, yeah, burn. Yeah. Oh, and it's funny, he's read the book. I haven't read the book. He's read the book. And he's like, mom, did you know that processed food is really bad for you? And I'm like, yeah, I know. And what are you eating? <laughs> That is so funny. Well, he's young. Maybe there's hope. He's young. Yeah, exactly. He's eight years old. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And congratulations on, on your recovery and in, uh, and sharing your story with us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chef AJ, for having me on here. Oh, my, thank my you. pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Amig. 